Welcome, welcome to Fitness and Relations. Uh, today we're going to talk about college aged. The way that I titled it was college aged fitness for males and females. Um, and the reasons why. Uh, my daughter is almost there because uh, I had this epiphany, which we do more times now uh, around Thanksgiving, what we were just discussing, of uh, seeing a number of students back here in the community. And then uh, during travel, thinking uh, I see like a lot of cross-country travel for a lot of young people. And uh, it just, you know, came to my uh, mind that we should probably have somewhat of a conversation on uh, males and females at the university level. Because I discuss a lot uh, with Daniel Young on Fitness and Youth Podcast up to 18 years of age. So this kind of uh, lends itself to, I think, a crowd that, would you agree, we, we haven't talked and we haven't spoke a lot about, really, just a little bit about the mating thing, maybe, but that's it. Yeah. That's it. Yeah, a lot. Um, and I'd like to propose uh, some ideas around, through the questioning and through some conversation, that there are some differences in uh, males and females at the university level for physical expression. Um, and I'd like to dig into that as maybe something that we could uh, promote and kind of discuss. And it'll probably lend to the word that I'll use towards the end, uh, this more collaborative effort that I think is needed for males and females together in fitness at a university level. Um, so we don't have as much, you know, maybe cultural or actual physical separation uh, within fitness that could lead to some positive things. So, uh, yeah, I want to go there. I'm making some assumptions here too. I did some research prior uh, to the call around like how, who are we talking about and how many people participate in this? And uh, if you uh, wish to uh, spend a moment on that, uh, you know, I'm open for it, but uh, 60% of today, 60% of all high school graduates enroll in a post-secondary institution. So I just think that, uh, you know, I don't know. I don't know if you have any initial thoughts just on that in itself for America, as well as like the total number, because that's a that's a shit ton of people that are not going on <laughs> to college and uh, not. It's probably not for the conversations today to discuss what they're up to. But uh, I just had that initial thought. What's your thoughts after hearing that number? What lead in for today? Yeah, that's actually a lot more than than I thought. Um, and for oh, you need a higher percentage from the percentages. But I'd also say I'm also curious of um, when we start talking about what does college age fitness look like for ones that go to college versus ones that go to community college, and just hmm. access. Oh, that's a good. Yeah, I mean, just like we start getting into what does for you know yeah. what fitness opportunities um, are available. What you know, does your school have a gym? Those type of things. I think that's going to yeah. look different depending on if you're going to more of like a local community college. Um, yeah, that doesn't have uh, you know pools and uh, you know hot coal therapy and and uh, champagne coolies. All those things between classes. Yeah, that's a great point. Um, I, I look forward to get into that because I'll I want to have a discussion that ties into that with the cultural and possible geographical demographic differences across the country. You know, and um, I think that may. Uh, that may be very interesting to discuss. 
So yeah, the 60% thing, um, I, I just wanted to make mention too that uh, we have discussed it, you know, so because so, I was going to start with saying we're making the assumption here that we're not making the assumption here that everyone goes on from high school to college. Um, but I am going to, I am going to, you know, let's call it unify and keep the message in America for the conversation for today. Um, yeah. and really, really keep it inside of there. And I am, I'm, I'm going to assume too, that, uh, people have heard at least me speak about it before, but I think I've seen your head nod as well in agreement of those truths around the debt that a lot of those participants are getting into today. Um, you know, the inequalities that are for the future generations that uh, people are somewhat scared to talk about, you know, um, but uh, it's a reality that uh, they're going to be like, you know, I've heard of some political pundit saying it's pretty much just lining people up to get into debt so that they can call themselves a consultant and pay the government back for like 20 years. It's actually not so far from the truth as to what's happening. So um, I just want to make that mention that, I know that's going on. <laughs> uh, I know that's the case, but it should not stop us from uh, the conversation on where fitness is applied for that. Yeah. Uh, also, another assumption is that, yes, I am aware that uh, I want people's brains to go in a place that does not include sport. Uh, I know that may be difficult, but uh, the numbers would alarm you um, that when it comes down to you take all those 18 to 22 year olds across the country that are in a university situation on all the levels that you just mentioned, right? Community college, all of it, just call it post-secondary institutions. A very, very, very small percentage of those people, it's, it's, in, it's in the very, very low single digits, participate in a physical expression at the university level for a particular sport. Okay. So why are we not like including that? It, and it's got nothing to do with my biases on my, you know, issues that I have with sport as entertainment, et cetera. Um, it's just to show you the truth that like 98% of all those people are not there for sport. So we need to have a conversation on, you know, like, uh, you know, what are the behaviors uh, if you're not playing sport? What, you know, what do you do about it? How do we make this better for the future um, society members? You know, how, how do we do that? So that's what I'm, uh, that's what I make an assumption for as we start. Um, I'll start with this. Robert Sapolsky uh, mentioned this. It was almost 20 years ago now when I, when I uh, first listened to him uh, speak. And it was on the context of free will. Um, but he would, he would say, say that uh, it's something that we you know, seem to forget that at 18 to 22 year, years of age, we forget that these humans are not fully developed. So the way that he humorously would say it is that they're basically half-baked at this point in time. Their brains are half-baked. And of course, it created, you know, uh, smirks and laughter in the audience because this was largely an academic setting and, you know, folks, uh, students at this time. Um, but uh and my question was based upon that, like knowing, Melissa, that these people are like not the brains are not fully developed. Uh, what kind of things do do they what what kind of things are they doing? Try to segregate it in males and females. They're doing um, as their fitness that would indicate this point. 
if I'm making sense. Like, well, what are they doing in their fitness that would indicate that really they're not at the top, at the top level of, uh, of development? Ooh. What do they enjoy doing that shows this as well? I think this is where, again, it will separate males from females. I'd say this is where males are more likely to be found in a gym setting. Um, probably, I hate to generalize, but doing some bi upper body type of training. Yep. Some biceps and some chest. Maybe a little it's bit more bigger. legs than you think today, believe it or not. Maybe. I've got some insight. But anyways, you are well, right. Like, the, the legs uh, are coming back. But yeah. um, I think that's still going to be like a pretty norm that you're going to see more boys just going into the gym to do that self training or going comp confidently going into a gym setting to do that. Yeah. Um, and I think you're still going to see actually right now, I'd say from a girl perspective, you're just going to see a lot more group fitness then okay. potentially something that's like still some type of spin or Pilates infused type of activity. Okay. So would it, would it be fair to say if we were to really generalize yeah. that uh, to prove my point of like the, the half baked scenario uh, that these brains are not like fully up to speed. Um, and because uh, my question was to was to make us reflect and say, is this indicative of what should be expected for these males and females at a university level? So my I, I come back at my old my my thoughts of uh, uh, not generalizing and doing it and taking everyone individually. Right. Um, but if we're going to say things like, well, you know, you should be autonomous in university um, and doing your own thing. Um, or by the time you get to university, you're going to be doing your own thing. But those two things are not actually happening. Then how do you attempt to, you know, how do you attempt to like move it forward? So um, the generalization that I would, I would ask if it's, if it's a super generalization would be for males, it's still like Neanderthal uh, mating well, thinking. And for females, it would be just, uh, just expression, like just creativity. What are the intentions? Yeah. Right. Like what are the intentions of an 18 to 22 year old who's trying to do something for fitness? If they're not playing a sport or they didn't come from a sport background, what is their intention? Like what are their intentions behind doing that at that age? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So again, to generalize and make it reduction based, males resistance and females group fitness right mm -hmm. that, that doesn't mean we're correct on that but it, it kind of lends to these these differences in how it's being expressed going back to my point on you just got to recognize that they don't they're not comprehending in their group fitness class like geez you know i i really should uh, take 30 minutes after class to philosophize on the fact that i could probably be doing this myself you know <laughs> Um, or, uh, gee, I wonder what three hours would do in this class versus 20 minutes. Why do, what, what's this thing called high intensity? Who came up with that? What's the politics behind? Like, they're not doing that. So that's my point of my questioning is, um, because they are half-baked, we probably should have, I guess, society and culture should have a different expectation, perhaps, on, on what's there and what's available. Um, Yeah. We'll come back to that with the journalization because I don't uh, I'm not that I want to uh, beat it uh, with a with a drumstick. Um, it's just that some of those 
uh, uncomfortable, but possibly true generalizations do lead us back to this area that I'd like us to land on um, um, what's it called? Uh, collaboration. Um, I, I don't know why I thought of give peace a chance on this one, but give mating a chance. My question would be, is it possible that uh, one could meet the love of their life in physical expression at uh, a university level? Or what do you think the, uh, you could, huge speculation here, but go for it, you know, as much as you can, the chances of them meeting uh, someone in college at a physical express expression level. I I think so. Uh, and I see this more recently mm. some of our, younger clients um because they're getting into at least here in like um i'd say like the western areas of like if you're talking california oregon washington and going up the coast is like backpacking and hiking is becoming popular again um mm. especially post-covid and so you know you have a group of six 18 year olds going backpacking for four days uh, i think you can meet someone through physical expression and if you're doing something like that uh because now you're not just like doing a, a 60 minute workout with someone, but you're spending a lot of time with that person out in nature too. So I, I've, I've seen quite a few relationships spur out of this like new um, backpacking hike, hiking culture that's that the young kids are getting into now. That's awesome. Uh, that, it's interesting too, that you uh, pinned it on a possibly post COVID, you know, um, engagement with nature let's say uh that's possible um to keep going on that point do you think that it's possible that that was done because they're moving towards something that they think really matters or is it like a non-conformist i don't want to be socially isolated and stuck in a box and therefore i'm going to go and do that number two okay <laughs> at least for the one like the, yeah the so we still have to question their intentions it could very well be just like a jack kerouac cross country yeah. <laughs> crazy crazy thing but but it may lead to i mean that did lead to some big cultural movements you know um beyond you know the railway railway and uh and roads and and basically just getting out and spreading your wings quote unquote i think that's really cool um if you do have uh, that happening more and more, or I'm, I guess you and I are making an assumption here. That's why I wanted you to speculate on it. Cause I'm going to make an assumption too, that, um, you like me, we're not, we're not deeply embedded inside the university system where we have all the data and we can look around every day and go, Oh, this is what 18 to 22 year olds are doing. So we're making some assumptions here based upon that. But, um, I was thinking that cause I, I wanted to lead to, um, you know, is this is this possible variances in males and females at a generalized level, but sometimes gets placed inside um, in a non-sport setting inside the university? Is it possible that it may be more difficult to meet someone uh, in a physical expression level? And to that, I guess I would have to ask you if you know much whatsoever as to back to our conversation on mating uh, and meeting people for this this level. Because it's different today, I would assume. Do you want to? Do you want to add? I don't know. I think I think it's easier today okay. than maybe it was twenty years ago. I do think that a lot of like co-ed intramurals are like be, have become more popular again. Okay. Where you know, like pickup games of soccer or softball that are like generally going to be more co-ed than just male and female. 
okay. are like, you know, um, pretty common. Like I know, you know, at least for a lot of our clients that their kids are going to go off to college and not play a sport anymore. They're yeah. usually like, oh, they just want to play, they, they just want to play intramurals and play for fun. Mm. Right. Like it's like actually this, like finally freedom of you're leaving high school and you no longer have to do this like competitive sport. You can just go play for fun mm. again. Yeah. Um, and those typically are going to be more just like, you're going to pick up that's co-ed, right. It's, it's an opportunity to meet people Yeah. versus it having to be around sport. Yeah. 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 I love that, uh, insight. Um, and I'm, I'm not afraid of using intramurals and the kind of practice of intramurals, uh, not afraid of being, you know, having our fingers pointed at saying like, see, see that sport. I'm not considering that sport. I'm considering sport like. You know, when you wake up, uh, you're going to be weighed, you know, your body weight within 10 minutes to determine if you're going to make the rowing event by the weekend like that. That's sport. So social, there's probably some beer involved. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. That also is an indication of if it's sport, it's not sport. Right. I mean, can you be drunk while doing it? (laughs) Yes. Then it's intramurals. It's like a, a, a game, but we're also just doing it like a social activity versus a daytime social yeah. activity. Midday yeah, I, I say it's uncomfortable for me because I, based upon physical expression and this, you know, um, wanting everyone to get to this point where they can do things on their own. At this level, though, things like pickleball and things like uh, ultimate um, and things, you know, I'm just trying to get to this area of, well, it is physical expression. Males and females are doing it together. You know, I had this insight when I watched Hannah compete in, in tennis and she does uh, maybe five or six times a year. She'll do a weekend tournament that includes a single competition. And in the same weekend, they'll have mixed gender competitions. And the way that the sport sets it up is really good with regards to level abilities of the females relative to the males so that there's like somewhat of an equal playing field. You can imagine taking a serve from like a, you know, a Goran Ivanisevic serve or a Djokovic serve. That's not happening. So uh, but I, I I see how beautiful that is, right? Because those are the things that as a 18, 22 year old, if you can do that at the university level and forget the whole thing that it's a sport, these are the things that lead to mating. These are the things that lead to finding someone that's going to share your values for the rest of your life. These are the things that lead to you producing other kids that also see you as emblematic of doing physical expression together. You can see now it's all binding like, oh, a kumbaya moment. So that's the, where the question came from. Is, is it possible that through physical expression? And, I, and again, we're talking about the populations that are doing this. I'm assuming that these are more of the kids, again, that did play some type of sport in high school yeah. and are already like exposed to athletics, right? Like, and now they're just like, it's easy for them to walk onto a field and be like confident playing soccer, right? Yeah. Or like throwing a Frisbee. They've already, they're already kind of exposed to these things. Now they're just doing it because they can. So yeah. this is different than the demographic that never played a sport in middle school or high school or was never exposed to physical activity outside of PE. They may not be like the kid that's, you know, jumping to go join one of these teams. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's right. Um, yeah. So I guess we're making an assumption there that they've had some form of, you know, because I'm, I'm afraid to say that it's it's a necessary thing that's required to get into like clubs and intramurals. I don't think it is. But what you're saying is like they they may have like dabbled in different things, you know. Yeah. yeah as I'm not going to spend time on this one, but it's something for us to think about is that I do have to create better language for this. But 
there's this like divide, I think, in regards to physical expression for young females with regards to what looks like sport versus what looks like creative physical expression. And I, I you know, do you see what I'm, I'm not, I don't know if you yeah. know, so like, uh, I forget what it's called. It's either chair or palm. I think it's chair, you know, um, but cheer for your high school, um, you know, and take everything away from it. And I don't want people to get drowned out of the, the negativities that come from that. Cause a lot of people hold these really horrible claims towards this, but they don't see all the physical expression and teamwork and et cetera, that goes inside of it. Um, including for males and females. Um, mm-hmm. but for females in general, there's this unbelievable physical expression component, uh, of dance and creativity and variability etc cetera, etc cetera. and so see that's different than the soccer player now let's back up that's why i i, I knew i was going to spend more time on it than i should but it's something to think about for 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 young people's experiences that uh i just want people to warm up to the idea that there will be a young female from 12 to 18 years of age that will never be in a sport that will just dance her ass off on tiktok and be really physically fit by the time she's 18. And we need to warm up to that idea, right? We don't, it's not going to always be glassed in this like field area rules that you have to apply, et cetera. So I'm not sure if you have any. I think uh, we, I touched on this a couple episodes ago when uh, college restarted was all the sororities rushing and it was like yes. a TikTok sensation, like the Bama rushes. And it yeah. was one had like days upon days of like amazing dances. And these girls were fit and like very athletic, right? Yeah. Because it came from dance and it gave them a yeah. new platform again to be yeah. able to be creative with their peers yep. and create something they were proud of, right? So yep. you can judge it, but it was like from a performance standpoint, it gave them again a way to continue what they loved doing with their with their peers and stay fit. So yeah, yeah, I love it. It's self-selection. I think of the... Uh... I keep thinking of the dancers that uh, Chloe and I went to see SZA for the second time. She was, she visited Phoenix a number of weeks ago and uh, her dancers are just, you know, for hours, they're just going, going off, you know, with unbelievable physical expression. And I think you can't just step up to do that. So my whole point is, is that there's a self-selection. So for any of you out there thinking, oh, well, I see there's now overweight dancers or there's, you know, people of color, you know, in specific units that are dancers. And and you're just you're just being told to see things in that light. But you're not you're not think you're not remembering how much work it takes. What I'm so that's what I mean by it self-selects. So you can't, quote unquote, dance if you don't practice dancing. You know, so it, you know, and it, it, it'll kind of just work itself. So anyways, back to our, my question was based upon, is it going to be possible for males and females to find physical expression, expressive settings in the college level that could, you know, evoke this deeper relationship over time? Okay. Um, last one. You may think this one's crazy, but uh, we went to, I went to a music festival a couple of weekends ago with a younger client. And afterwards we went to a line dancing bar that yep. was all ages. Like there's 21 and over area. And there was a young one. Yep. And these 18 year olds were amazing line dancers. Yeah. And this is like in California. So how do you do that? You have to go to the tutorial classes. Yeah. Right. So yeah. on that end, like there is, again, as country becomes popular again, mm-hmm. uh, there is a large group that is spending time uh-huh. going to these lessons to learn how to do these intricate line dances, yeah, right? That like, surprised me. 
And so I was like, wow, I was just shocked to see so many young kids, like males and females, like really good. Yeah. So again, it's just cultural shift that is coming back. But I was like, you definitely have to be going to like the classes to learn these dances. You're not just showing up at night and knowing all the steps to these, like males too. Yeah. I get your point. The point you're making there, which I'm, I'm not as surprised by because I, recognize uh, some of those things in my daughters of the things that they wish to learn to be involved in and with, with other friends or just for themselves. And it's this like super fast accelerated way of finding that information to get to that skill. So I see it the same way in the line dancing. Um, whereas maybe 30 years ago, it was kind of like a, a cultural movement And it's just because of the current, you know, crop of people during the time and, you know, how culture kind of just says, oh, this is kind of cool. Um, And then we just, you know, if if you were kind of part of the cool crowd, if you could actually do that, you know, when that song or when that, you know, thing came on. But today that can take place in like a week, meaning like you could get all the gear, learn all the stuff, you know, get together with your friends and physically express. So So the point you're making doesn't surprise me, but I am surprised by the rebirth of that particular skill, um, especially like you said on the West Coast uh, with a bunch of young young folks out there. Um, so knowing that fitness is downstream from culture, um, we we have somewhat answered this already, but I want you to maybe look at it in a different light or take another stab at it. And if it's the same, then that's fine. What are the things that females are doing for fitness today at the university level? And what are the things that males are doing today at the university level? And are there any differences? So it is the same, you know, landing that we had maybe 15 minutes ago, but I just want to say it out loud again to see if, uh, see if we want to rethink like, what are those things? Um, or is the general consensus still it's almost in a in a uh, a group? Yeah. So when you and I say group, we have we, there's a lot behind when we say group. So I should say um, together with other people, um, you're going to express yourself together with other people. Whereas I guess this might be the break. Maybe you can tell me if I'm right or wrong. But for males, is it they they want to do it alone? Yeah. Is that really the separator, the differences? Yeah, I think yeah. it's more just the the social aspect for, for females versus... Mm. Like the more stoic, reclusive, uh, individualism, freedom thing, you know, that males may be tiptoeing into as an adult, right? A young adult, they're like, yeah, you know, I'm going to find my own way. I'm going to be independent, you know? Um, and uh, for females, it may be the same, you know, intentions that they're looking for, i.e. finding their own way, spreading their wings, et cetera, but they're going to do it with others that are like-minded and possibly like sex. Yeah. And I think that's like, you know, I even have some that a lot of our high school students will continue, you know, their individual design when they go to college, right? Like they'll, they'll do their programs on their own, but actually with, for the females actually is more successful for my males than for the females because the females want to go explore Mm. like Right. Like they'll maybe work out in the gym once or twice a week, but they're more likely to like go try a bar class with some friends or go try yoga. Right. Like because yeah. it's an opportunity to meet other girls or like they yeah. were invited to go. So it is much more of like looking for that social connection. Yeah. Uh, most often than, you know, the male client who has no problem 
going to the gym by himself, doing his routine the same way he did here, like, you know, and sticking along. Um, I'll, actually, it's, now that I really reflect on it, majority of all my female clients kind of go through phases of like self-exploration where they just go try new classes with friends. Yeah. Right. They're still going to work out a couple times a week, but they're going to go explore yeah. with friends. So there's something in that though, that I'm picking up on based upon my initial coaching. So I started coaching in 94 at the strength conditioning center Memorial. And I, there were these uh, individuals and this doesn't mean this was, <clears throat> you know, it, you know, happened all the time, but I, I can't not look away from the fact that the females that would work out on their own generally had some body dysmorphia issues. So do you see there's something in this like collaborative uh, area with females doing physical expression together, right, at the university level specifically, that's actually more vital, right? Theoretically, it's more vital because, um, and so you and I and everyone could qualm over, well, intensity and volume and blah, blah. Yeah, but it kind of, it kind of can track, it can track what a, what a good definition is of vi vitality. Would you agree with that? Yeah. Yeah. It's, um, I kind of shaking my head at it because it took me years to kind of be like, that's very interesting. Like what's going on there. And it takes, of course, a long period of time for you to reflect them. Like I did my experience in multiple different facilities and multi and you can, that you could pick them out, you know, where, you know, I had, I had a number of adult female clients who are still, you know, let's struggling with that at, as 40, 50 year olds. Right. And whenever I wanted to propose something like, oh, let's do this uh, hike together or bike group, you know, go for a bike ride, they were hesitant to do it. And I think it's because of the thing I'm picking up on there. They know that they're going to get called out for not wanting to be a part of that club, that community yeah. expression. Yeah. Yeah. So anyways, with, with all that there, um, that's something to consider when we're asking the question, what do females do at the university level? And, and, and I would say, based upon your agreement there, it's fair to say that it's a vital exercise, exercise, smally exercise. It's a vital exercise to involve yourself with friends in your physical expression. Yeah. Um, besides all the other things that are positive to that, you know, warding off idiots and, <laughs> you know, all the good things that come from just being a tribe of females that do physical expression the majority of like the, high, the girls that come to me at a high school level that aren't playing a sport are coming to like gain the skill set to confidently go into a gym on their own when they go to school hmm. right? it's usually like one of the, like the key priorities like surprisingly like it's just like really like i just want to know how to like properly squat and know how to like hinge and stuff so when i go into a gym i know what i'm doing right, right? like because we don't learn they don't learn in school and majority of the yeah. high school terms are still primarily you know male dominant and it's still yeah. not instruction based so a lot of them are like, I just want to like make sure I'm doing all these things correctly so I can go do it on my own. When I get to school, I can go do it for mm. friends and like, no, I'm not rounding my back, right? Like they're very yeah. straightforward. Yeah. Like just teach me how to do it well, you know, let's yeah. do it together a couple times and I'm going to go do it on my own. Yeah. Yeah. That's what I love about the non-structured fitness uh, idea of that break that I say between sport and creative expression is that creative expression, there's no like 
there's no framework of stuff you got to fit into like rounded back as an example, right? That means you got to fit into a good back position when you deadlift, but in creative expression, there's no like rules to it. So it, it, it brings up, it brings everyone together. Right. So I just, just for as an example, it's in a, in a, this is a thought experiment. It's much easier to move 12, 13 year old females into a room with music and say dance together and do physical expression for the next 20 minutes than it is to say you're going to have success by teaching all of them good mechanics of bending and bench press see my, yeah. my point so there's there's a anyways there, i'm just i'm just saying it out loud so i can you know get better language with it over time of describing this like you know movement that we want to have okay moving on to males same question um what are the things that males are doing at this university level? And just in case there's anything different than what we'd said earlier. And we could, because by even asking that question of females, we did like squeak out something else there. So let's not hesitate to assume we have the answer to that. I still say males are weightlifting in some capacity. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, 18 to 22 years of age. I mean, I'm sure there's some that, probably did like community sporting activities that are now not at a sport level, you know, at the university level where they just did like community hockey or community soccer or something. And now they're like, well, geez, you know, you know, there's no intramural program or club or whatever based on the stuff we'll discuss for demographics or Actually, geography. I'd say then a lot of them too, they run. Yeah. They run. Actually, that's actually, I'd say a lot, just say like, it's like, it doesn't require much. Yeah. No one needs to tell them what to do. They'll just like, yeah. we got a lot of people that did anything. Like, I just ran because it was like hmm. something I could just go do. Okay. That's great. Do you think um, a lot of those uh, males that you're thinking about that participated in that physical freedom activity, uh, what do you think most, what do you think the, the generalized intentions were for those males doing that? I think it's still just that continuum of like, you go through elementary school, you go through high school and you have PE and you just are told like, you're supposed to do something physical every day. Mm. So you just keep yeah. that like, right. Some people are very habitual and they're just looking for that routine. So it's like, you get up and I just, I go for a run. Do something. Yeah. Do, right. You're supposed to like move every day. So yeah. they, like, they don't know what else to do. So it's like the one thing they know how to do is like, I'm going to do, you know, 10 pushups. I'm going to go for a run. And yeah. that like, and that's what they do forever until like, you know, you know, and those are like, a lot of those people will do that for the rest of their life. Cause it's like, yeah. Every day I just get up and I go for a run. Yeah. Um, so to summarize, we did we didn't really stray from our original ideas, but we put it into different language that it's probably like a together thing for female expression, and it's a it's a individual thing for male expression, and uh, a lot of time because even the running is an individual expression, right? Because uh, I didn't hear you say, oh, they sign up for group running classes, right? You didn't say that. You just like, go for a run. Um, it's I see that the same as like, oh, just going in the corner and, you know, having a bunch of dumbbells and researching some online, you know, bodybuilder, um, you know, uh, that has like, you know, 10 million followers and it just gives people ideas like this is what you do for your arms you know it's like, like it's interesting either, either an individual activity or it's like a partner thing right i feel like a lot of males in that age bracket they have one friend and they're like the two of them they just go to the gym together 
Yeah. Go, right. It's like a very like solo or like you and your roommate go to the gym every day. Yeah. I could, yeah, I could, I, I could speak to that for sure. Um, embedded inside of that though is competition. Yes. Um, like it's our, it's, it's a, it's our like modern method of competing for the girl. Mm -hmm. You know, it's like, we know there's no girl, but you know, we're just gonna, we're just gonna do this back and forth. Like I bet you can bench more, you know, or squat more, you know, et cetera. Uh, Cause that's always, if you ask any of these people like 10 years later, they're like, oh yeah, when I worked out with that guy, he always yeah. had a bigger squat. Like, <laughs> how did you know that? <laughs> oh, I knew that because uh, we were always, you know what I'm saying? It was almost a head to head, but yeah. I do agree with you that uh, the partner. Yeah. And this, this is what, again, when we get down to reducing it down, I still think that either of those males could do shit on their own. They could. It's just that sometimes they just partner up and, you know, you have two idiots at once instead of just one idiot, um, you know, doing stuff in the gym. So Embedded in that is that slight element of like have some competition mm, within it versus, yeah. again, we talk about the females that go into group. It's yeah. for connection, yeah. not to compete against each other. Yeah, no, it's, uh, yeah, it's back to our, you know, let's call it the founding documents of the reason why we put fitness and relations together is to see how we can deal with these differences. And that's one of them, a highlighting difference in physical expression, right? Is the uh, uncomfortable, but age old phenomena of uh, females being uh, choosy and males being competitive. Mm -hmm. You know, it's like, it's still, it's still innate inside of us. Uh, for those things. And it gets expressed at the university level, especially with these half-baked minds. Um, so now it's a uh, some imperative language uh, where we get the chance to say um, what should uh, males and females be doing. So first, uh, take a stab at it for males. What should they be doing as part of their fitness routine uh, in a university setting and take a, you know, a, an individual picture or, or big, big picture, global picture, if you want, but imagine if you have the keys to the city, you know, and you get to decide, what do you think they should be doing? I think they do should be doing some type of physical expression that allows them to get out their aggression, because I still think at that age, we are half baked. And I still think there's a lot of pent up aggression and just physical exertion that needs to happen. Um, you know, so again, whether that is within a weight room or it is going on a, like a hike or a ruck with your friends, right? You know, again, we talk about this often, but I think that the best thing they can be doing is like on the weekends, we're going on a hike, you're carrying the rock, I'm carrying the rock, right? If you, if there's that competitive part who can like hold on to it the longest, but let's get this rock up to the top of the peak, you know, so um, finding ways. And again, I think that is something that can be done with males and females because the girls can go too. And if they don't want to carry the rock, they don't carry the rock. Right. They just I, I've done this a million times with our coaching team and Josh and R2 will bolt up the hill. And I'm just like, I'm looking at the tr like these trees, like, why are we rushing? Right. And so we can all do it together. But their intention of getting up that hill is completely different than mine. Yes. Um, but we can all do it together. So I, I think uh, getting out, depending on, again, where the campus is, if you're in the middle of a suburban area, that may be more difficult. Hmm. Well, this okay, is where sure. So nature. your point there is that nature is a good entry point for males and females in what they should be doing at a university yes. level for physical expression. Okay. So isolate it back now to just pretend you're like the head of the organization, right? That speaks to all 18 to 22 year old females. Then what are you telling them is what they, what they should do. 
Is it anything different than what you just said, or could you could you elaborate on it? It should be moving daily in some capacity. Hmm. So the consistency is is uh, inside of there, the routine that you're looking for. Yeah. Like okay, so uh, what happens then? I'm going to keep going there. What happens if 95% of the audience is like, yeah, you know, no problem. I can be, I can be consistent. Uh, what, what should it look like? And I'm just straining here to kind of make it clear yeah. to people, right? I'm not asking for individual right. prescriptions, so, but if we fall back on the principles, that's fine too. It's just what, I was what come back doing? Like, based off your, like, again, if we're being realistic about what a school course load looks like, it's like two or three days a week, you're doing something aerobic, you know? Potentially right. on a day that you don't have classes right. or you only have half classes. It's like those are days we're going on a, you know, maybe a longer, an actual hike that's going to take me two hours or something. Hmm. Right. So we're getting outside and we're doing a longer physical expression, you know, two to three times a week. And then on the days you have class, maybe twice a week, you're doing something that's shorter. It's about 45 to 60 minutes or even a half an hour. And that can be either slightly more high intensity for you, right? So again, maybe it's short, maybe you are going to a dance class or maybe we are doing something else like that. Um, yeah. I mean, so I think staying there though is scheduling it. That's what I'm hearing. Scheduling. This is a number one, I like, this is actually the one thing for all of our kids that transfer out from high school to college that we still do, even if they don't continue working with me, we meet every quarter to just replay their, help them plan their schedule. Yeah. That's where they're half-baked. We sit down we're like, all right, yeah. you have class on these days. So yeah. On these days, you're going to go to the gym. On these days, you're going to go out and do your other things. Yeah. How does, it, how, how does the feminine essence uh, deal with that? Wanting a little bit more variability and they don't want to be in a box. How do they deal with that? <clears throat> well, I think that's where it's like, again, college schedules are so different. Hmm. You can have class, like one day you have class all day. The next day you don't have any classes. The next day you only have PM classes, hmm. right? If you have a lab, it's, you know, labs are once a week. Yeah. So I think it's like, that's like the reality of college is like, it's very variable. Yeah. So your answer to the question is, uh, I don't care what you, what you want about variability. You have to be consistent. Yeah. Like you got to plan it. If you don't plan it, what's the cliche saying? You just got to plan to fail basically. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Okay. Uh, and unfortunately, you know, just if we're talking about the nuances of reality is like a lot of college campuses, like they don't make it easy. You know, we have some yeah. that now the gyms are closed on Friday. So they're closed Friday, yeah. Saturday, and Sunday, right? Which I'm like, cool. That means you're going to go outside and you're going to hike on, you know, on these days because just because yep. the gym's closed doesn't mean we can't go move. Yes. Um, yeah. Yeah. I like that. I didn't expect uh, that's where we'd have an agreement on what that should look like for both males and females, but it's it's almost higher order language. We're not actually going to get into the weeds as to what exactly they should be doing. But instead, what they should be doing is thinking about moving every day and scheduling it. That's mm -hmm. the that's what you're saying is pretty much the most important thing in order to create a routine. Yeah. Yeah, really important point. So listen up, all you young high school whippersnappers out there. Um, it is of utmost important that when you get your schedule... And then you, you know, listen to the rest of this conversation based upon culture and uh, demographics and geography and et cetera. You get to see that um, you've got to put it in place. Otherwise, it's not going to happen. Um, is the freshman 15 uh, still a real thing? Yes. Okay. And if it is, um, let's chat about it a little bit. So 
maybe some of your your some of your background um, in the trenches knowledge from conversation with individuals on this. Um, so I asked some things like, is it necessary? Is it realistic? Is it unavoidable? Is it um, you know a negative? Is it a positive? So let's let's chat a little bit about it. First, describe to me, um, which I well I, I guess I should assume I know what this means, but you tell me what freshman fifteen is, in case people don't know what it is. Um, it's the assumed fifteen pounds that most freshmen will gain thir- during their first year of college. Got it. Um, so they come back from the summer and they're like, oh. <laughs> There's this 15. Um, so yeah. you're you're saying that it is real, and I, I would agree with you that it's it actually does happen in high percentages for individuals. Um, so let's discuss a little bit. What's the first thing you think about with regards to that, and you know what direction we should take it for? Uh, um, dare I say, combating it? Yeah. Just I think, yeah, outside of the, I think the fitness part is number one because um, that's where it's like. The scheduling the routine of what movement looks like on a daily basis because if you did have just like physical activity plugged into your daily schedule in high school if you yeah. had to have like physical pe or something like that that went through majority all four years you just had that baked in and that's gone so you're so, you're you're saying quite possibly and i think i'm agreeing with you i just want to pause to see if it's the case but it could actually just be the work output is significantly different in university than what it was in high school. And you're not yeah. actually just looking at those basics. Yeah. Number one, it's like, we just went from. You're not moving daily, as much as you did. Daily movement dropped. Uh, that's number one. Okay. Um, number two is sleep. Yeah. And then all the shit that comes with yeah. poor sleep. Now we just switched to, right. You could have PM classes that go till 10 o'clock at night. Yeah. <laughs> very normal, right? So That's I got very... addicted to caffeine. That's my story. <laughs> so, right? It's like sleep, circadian rhythm shifts, right? We're going to bed way later. We're having way more stimulants to stay up for later classes. Yeah. Night events. So, like, we're not sleeping. We're not moving. And then number one is, like, and then I think the biggest one is no foundation or education on what food should look like. And then we go into meal um, options that there are healthy options, but why am I going to get the chicken when there's, like, a waffle machine mm. and right. And we just, yeah. I think that's like the biggest one is I think there are some good food options in a lot of those places, but when we have free reign and we don't know why it's important to have a balanced plate, it's very easy to just pick the things that we normally wouldn't have been able to eat all the time. Yes. Yeah. And quite possibly uh competency. Like they probably don't have the education as to what would be better choices. I mean, I, I don't give a lot of space for that conversation because you can gain, I know that people can gain the knowledge in like three hours today. <laughs> they don't, they don't, you know, need to take two year courses at home economics to know that broccoli is better than Doritos. Um, but yeah, that's an interesting point that I had to pause on with regards to what's most important. And I know that's not the way you framed it, but that's the way I was thinking about it, is like, what's the, what's the thing that's most important. And I would say that I would land on the area of, choices over movement i think that uh i think it's the choices that people make at the university level for the things you did discuss of like putting up with poor sleep putting up you know but the kind of like the spreading the wings of a young adult when they get into college setting does involve this like this balance between like ripping the kimono off but also dipping your toes into like, well, what's going to be best for me as a future adult? 
Yeah. And so you're like, you're making these choices now that you, for 18 years, most times you had those made for you, you know, now you're like, Hmm, you know, <laughs> you're, you're just sitting around. I can remember myself sitting around at a bar being like, yeah, I'm going to fucking have that beer. <laughs> I'm going to order up a, a bourbon. Right? It's like, what the fuck am I doing ordering bourbon? But I had the choice to do that. It's like, yeah, yeah because I'm going to, you know? So I think that, that does, and I'm not saying going to say it's higher or, but uh, that's where I would land on. It's those choices that come back to the freshman 15 thing. I just think that we don't know again at that half-baked mind, like we, we don't understand the power of movement and sleep. And yeah. then we just get stuck in this reel of always being tired and yeah. feeling and like, right. I always like for a lot of like young kids, I think our food choices are yeah. a result of right. Like have we moved and have we slept? Oh, yeah. That's usually my first thing. If we're drinking enough water, we're moving and we're sleeping. Oh, yeah. Then like the food is a lot easier of a conversation, right? And again, yeah. to your point, it's a simple conversation. Most of them, honestly, I hate to say this, like I get 17 year olds that, you know, don't know what a protein is. Yeah. At simple things where I'm like, yeah. that's not a, a potato is not a protein. Okay, let's go back. And then you teach them, they're like, oh, okay, I got it, right? They get it really quickly. They just don't know. Yeah. So I think the food is actually the smallest piece of the puzzle. It's just like, you know, it's like you're on your own. And this is what then I get with adults is they come in and they've said, well, I've always just slept five hours since college. I've always only slept five hours. Yeah. Right. Because the parent went away yeah. and no one taught them why it was important to sleep. They just told them yeah. they had to sleep. Yeah. And they're you in know? this cloud for four years. So it's like four to 10 now. Right. I think of it as most of them go on to like, you know, beyond for more education. So it's like, if all we did was learn that you have to move your body every day, and that you function well if you get seven to eight hours of sleep. Yeah. Cool. I don't, you know, especially if you're, you want to make a choice to hang out with your friends late at night, that's cool. Yeah. But like, let's see how many nights of the week are we only sleeping that many. Right. Yeah. And then yeah. you have the choice. Is it worth sacrificing? Is it worth going to this party and losing a little bit of sleep once a week? But I only do it once a week versus every single night. Yeah. 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 You made me think about that uh, cloud that gets wiped away. You know, when people, um, on your point of people will make better decisions and be cognitively a whole lot healthier uh, if it wasn't clouded by, you know, poor food choices and poor sleep patterns. Yeah. And if you can make good decisions from being slept um, and because it is difficult, as you know, too, if you, if you lack sleep. So this is probably an argument for sleep being the number one thing that if people could just, you know, do some sleep hygiene kind of experimentation, um, it could probably like, you know, color more effectively all the other things that happen. Cause I know, for example, um, to use a personal example, when I, um, I love moving every day, if it's not people are not aware of that, um, when I, I lack sleep for different reasons, um, I just don't feel as inspired to be more as creative in my movement. It just ends up being, oh, I'll just do that. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. So there's a lot to be said at all levels of physical expression, you know, experience for the point you just made as to, as to asking, like, is the most important thing, the sleep management, sleep hygiene perspective that would like fix everything else below that. And uh, yeah, I, uh, I put my hat, I put my hat in for that one uh, based upon that. So yeah, you heard it here that uh, if you want to fish, fix the uh, freshman 15 reality, 
Um, it could be, you know, just uh, back to our previous points on scheduling and being consistent is to think about these things of your sleep management and sleep hygiene throughout your university period. And then it should should all work out, right? Yeah, that's where like, you know, I think uh, if you're a parent or again, if you are, um, you know, a college age student, it's like, and you have some control over picking out your schedule, you know, for that upcoming semester. It's like, you know, I think we do most best of my clients do most best where they have like a more nine or 10 a.m. class start time and they try to do most of their classes in the day with no evenings. Those are great, yeah. right? It gives us that right. buffer to get a little extra sleep if needed yeah. uh, to do out or, you know, or we can do, use that time for physical expression before class. But um, yeah, I think that's the biggest one is actually helping and understanding like how to best schedule your classes to set you up for success. Yes. Yep. Great coaching. Um, okay, this is the area of uh, those variances across the country. So my question was, are there any cross-country cultural differences that lead to males and females taking different paths in their fitness in college? So you can include inside of what I call cultural differences, geography, um, economics, uh demographics um yeah so that's what i meant by culture so you know because i just spent um well we i was just in calgary um and if i could just look at that for geography i mean you're not you, you know we for example leanne and i will pretty much like we'll pretty much like go in some illegal private land <laughs> And break all these rules in order to walk together. Okay, that's how, like that's how adamant we are in consistency of walking every day together and spending time together. Um, and we couldn't do it because it was so cold. Like I went out, I was like, oh, let me just go for a walk. I saw a couple of coyotes and some magpies, which is kind of cool to come back and revisit. Um, but then I got this stinking sore throat um and froze my uh cheekbones and couldn't feel my pinkies you know for half an hour after anyways my whole point just leading into the story and the weekend before i was in uh san diego my, my daughter and i stayed in um ocean beach and she played a tennis tournament right and so the morning was like cloudy kind of seattle like you know dark and indulgent and then afternoon was like beautiful california right sun clouds and the wind and smells and greenery etc cetera, etc cetera. um and uh yeah so i had the opportunity right to walk around and go to mission where i you know have stomping grounds for a lot of time so i i knew that area and etc that's my whole lead-in to like <clears throat> are some of these things that we're forgetting about that there are some like geographic but cultural differences across the country that lead males and females to have some either issues or more openings. Like the point you made, not a lot of people in the country at this time of year can go backpacking mm -hmm. on a weekend. So anyways, any thoughts on that? And you can give me the excuse of like, well, they're skiing, which is a good one. <laughs> but um, yeah, I mean, I definitely know that one because it's like I always, you know, because of social media, I always have the preface that I, I know I'm very fortunate to live in a part of California where I can do my wake water walk every single day of the year without, if it rains, you put on a raincoat, right? Yeah. This morning, it's the coldest it gets is 40 degrees. I put on some gloves. Yeah. Um, but that, you know, like, you know, so I always preface this like, yes, I do realize where I am. Um, so, you know, for my friends, be proud of that, 
Regina, like up in Canada, they're not like yeah. it's fucking cold. Yeah. <laughs> so so uh yeah. so I think yeah, we can we can hit things like temperature, um, but that also then comes into ep- economic opportunity. So yeah. if it's really cold outside and it's like yeah. you want to go skiing, you have to be able to afford to go skiing. Yeah, that's right. Um, or a fitness right? facility for a lot of people, right? Not in I, just, I would say in Canada. There's actually quite good opportunities for most in society to get into a very low cost situation because I was part of a group, uh, the YMCA in Calgary, that uh, basically offered not directly, but you know, free memberships for people who actually proved that they couldn't afford to have a fitness membership. Right. Um, I think that's a little different within the United States. I yes. think it's, oh, totally. It's really totally. hard. Um, so yeah. I'd say like, you know, economic hardship at on top of where you are just from a you know geography of where you are inside the united states um can be an obstacle because if it's really hot or it's really cold and again if you're not going to a a university that has a nice facility where you can go to an inside track or go to a pool or do something like that yeah i have a client that's going to be leaving for nursing school it's going to be incredibly expensive and there is no gym there right so it's like we're finding creative ways for her to stay fit because she's not going to be able to afford a gym, right? So like, these are, these are realities of like, again, depending on what type of school you're at, um, you know, um, do we have access to fitness facilities? Is there, is there, you know, can you sign up to take a fitness class? Um, You know, that's, I, I took a rock climbing. I took step class. I took yoga. I took strength and conditioning. That's how I got exposed to all those things. It was like one credit and I took one every single semester. So, um, uh, interesting. That's something that maybe we could, uh, add to the back end of our conversation on, uh, collaborating is some possible injection of a, like a, like a Peace Corps requirement, you know, uh, just think about that. I'm, I know I'm jumping ahead. I mean, I'm going to come back to it, but it's actually a requirement that you go through this quasi home economics PE thing that's free for every student right um yeah because the point you just made there was pretty was pretty sad actually that there's actually kids going on to university that won't have free access to a gymnasium setting that's a reality yeah which is pretty sad um so in that case then i would say and this would be the devil's advocate on the other side saying we'll just walk outside but <laughs> there's the geography, yeah. right? Like I told you, I mean, I, I tried, but you can't, you know? So, so then you're like, well, you know, buy a cheap treadmill. I was like, well, I don't know what a cheap treadmill means today and learn how to do pushups and lunges. Yeah. Okay. Well, sure. You can modify the knowledge on YouTube and uh, learn body weight activities, do it three times a week. I would agree with that. I wouldn't have too much argument on it, but the aerobic thing that becomes a little more difficult. I mean, say again, you're you're a kid or you're a college student in Chicago. Or Manhattan, Chicago, right? So, right, and uh, you're in an area that maybe isn't the best. Yeah. So it's cold and it's actually not the safest place for you to walk by yourself. Yeah. You're a female, yeah. uh, right? Yeah. Uh, where are you supposed to go? And you're also paying your own tuition. So yeah. you're working a full-time job and going to school. Where, where are we fitting this in, right? It's like when it's dark and it's cold and you're literally not going to go outside by yourself before school yeah. or work. So I think there are some real obstacles when we talk about like um, the privilege. I, I know fitness is free, but it's also circumstantial to where you are um, and what your situation looks like. Yeah. I mean, that's why I just asked it. Cause I knew there was some, you know, geographical differences, demographic differences, economic differences, 
but it did highlight something that, you know, we as well as others may want to contemplate on is this idea of, well, what's the thought around having, you know, another uh, one hour in everyone's day that's free, right? That's free in which you learn all these physical expression things, you know? So it's a, it actually is your physical expression hour mm-hmm. that is embedded in the curricula, mm-hmm. right? That does lead to like learning about resistance, learning about pacing, learning about aerobic stuff, et cetera. And it bypasses all the stuff you just mentioned, right? There's no cost issue associated with it. The university provides all the ski ergs <laughs> that you need. You know what I'm saying? So there's no there's no excuses to say, well, I, I didn't I didn't have this or I don't have the time or et cetera. I think that's the only way you bypass that. Yeah. yeah. And then on, on top of that, it's like those that that first piece is, you know, again, unless you're working and going to school and, and time is a constraint, sleep. Yeah. So just look at your eight hours of sleep. Yeah. So get your seven to eight hours of sleep and make good food choices. Right. Whether again, not matter what you have access to, but when you do like everything is expensive now. So like just still making the best choices when it comes to a balanced plate will still put you in a better situation than not doing those things. Yeah. 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 Oh, I just dream a little dream there of, um, you know, making that uh, accessible to everyone, probably like early AM, right? Like out of bed, do it everyone then can eat together or you can go back to your place and eat and chew. And then now you're learning all day, you know, and doing what you need to do. I think that's a, that's a great uh, thought process there. Okay. Last two. Uh, first, um, is it concerning at all? Um, what Yasha Monk, uh, who describes this as he just wanted to, he wanted to d- define woke or wokeism, like in a more, a more scientific like term that everyone could kind of be, you know, in agreement on. And he calls it the identity trap. Um, but the reason why I, I, I would label it at that is because um, I'm asking, is it concerning that the current crop of 13 to 18 year olds, and this is actual data now. So in like the late nineties, when they were asked the questions based upon their identification, it just wasn't as important, you know, to them. But in 2020, there's been multiple different avenue streams of different kinds of research, and they all have their different biases, but they still landed on the same thing that one out of every five 13 to 18 year old is identifying themselves different than what would have been, quote unquote, the options before 1990. And I'm not I'm not asking this question to get into quabbles over how that arose, where we are. I mean, you and I have discussed it uh both offline and online in detail of it. But should this be concerning for the future, for the future male, female um, lack of like collaboration and compatibility for the future, for this like utopic idea that we had of like everyone coming together at the university setting males and females, is this somewhat concerning or is it really, cause I, cause I see it as it's a, I see those things that are taking place with those young people. I see it as this individualism at an extreme level. That's the way that I see it. It doesn't mean I'm right on it, but that's the way I see it. Now, you could see that if if it's individual at an extreme level, that can partner up with the same language of autonomy, right? Meaning you're on your own and no, you're not bothering anyone and doesn't matter, you know, really. Um, so 
you know, we, we shouldn't have any say on it. Yes. But, but these, these males and females are going to come together. So I'm not sure if you've had any thoughts on that, on the future, like what that will look like, or do you feel that, um, it won't have any effect on fitness collaboration. It'll all just kind of wash away as like this cultural kind of like questioning period, you know, and then it'll kind of like move away. Yeah. I think we're, it's almost too hyped. I think it'll, it'll wash away. I do. Yeah. We'll, we'll, we'll have to take time or, you know, we're kind of jumping it, you know, we're trying to, we're trying to uh, predict, right. What in one in 10 years, what that will look like, but I thought it'd be uh, something that if you and I don't, then, you know, others could contemplate on and say, you know, what will happen then if that kind of carries over into something that's beyond a young adult, you know, young adult perception, meaning like, you know, <clears throat> not that this happens, excuse me, not that this happens at 18, but, you know, there are quote unquote different rules in society when you go out of high school. Right. There are different rules. Um, now, what I, I don't mean to say rules as in like society, you got to conform to these things, but you are you do have the opportunity to be more of an individual, you know, past that 18 years of age with the idea that I said, like you're moving away from home. And that's the major break. Right. You're like your your parents are not with you any longer. So, um yeah, I just I because I know it's a I know it actually is a thing. I don't I don't not I'm not uh, I'm not saying you are, uh, but I, I don't I don't turn my back on it to say that it's like actually not a thing because I know it actually is a thing. But I think I am in agreement with you that once that individualism to its highest level takes place, once you're 18 and 19 and 20, it'll kind of just wash itself into something that'll be spoken about in a decade time that we like imagine remember that when you know this we had this rise of this perception thing um and it may wash out because others I, I think others would disagree with us that it's going to be like a, a big because their argument is fairly strong too which would say well what happens if it gets to 35 percent and you have one third of all those individuals you know saying just based upon math i don't all of a sudden see at 21 years of age they're gonna be like Aha, uh-huh, you know, now it's, you know, the identity thing is not as important anymore to me. I feel like, I think it's just, what fascinates me again is like, when we're going through these, like this whole, this generation of this adolescence, they're still figuring out their identities and all that. It's how they interact with their parents too. I don't think there's as big of a big shift of independence when they leave the household, because I think they already like are, they're setting the stage for how they want to be seen. Right. I think in some ways they're telling their parents, this is how I want to be spoken to. This is how I want to be seen as. Right. Like there is a lot more autonomy and it's not maturity, but they're kind of taking. I, I feel like it's a different parent child dynamic. Mm. When, At 18, when you're away from home. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. No, I, I think uh, we're saying the same thing there is that. There is, you know, whether it's distance, I mean, I don't know, I guess I should have background some uh, data on that, you know, what that that's the question that I would ask Google right now um, is what is the actual like average difference in, <clears throat> in distance that a young adult at 17 in high school versus, you know, 18 
in university, what's the actual mileage difference that is separated between that parent and that child? Would you say that, uh, just take a stab at it, and then that could be a base support for my previous my point of my question. Do you think there is a, a yearning right now for that to continue to be a closer bind? Or do you think there's a yearning to make that extend, to, to make it sound super simple? Are there like a ton of California grade 12 kids being like, I can't wait to go to the Northeast of the United States. Uh-huh. Or are they, or, or do you see like a generational, um, you know, thing that's happening where they're, they're not willing to break that like distance bond right away. Like my generation was looking to what's your thoughts on that? We have a lot that are ready to go. Okay. Right. So you're sensing that they, they'd like the, the distance. Like, okay. Give me the distance. Okay. <laughs> Yeah, so if, if that's the case, then I think, you know, the it it actually adds to our point of this cultural phenomena. Once they become eighteen and they have some distance, it's an it's a new civilization, it's a new society. There and there's a different form of individualism now, um, and it's not based upon the the uh, dare I say entrapment <laughs> or the conformity around the family system. Yeah. Yeah, that may <clears throat> that may topple over, but we'll see. You know, we'll have to. Well, time will tell based upon that. We'll see how it works out. I would I would hope I would say that I would hope that that area of autonomy that I really enjoy, and whether that's partnered up with extreme individualism, um, I'm not too concerned about it because even at that level, when that person has all the liberties and freedoms, you know, without embarking on anyone else's issues. I think it's at its possible highest at the university level, which makes the self-identity actually less important. It's it's not as important. And if that's partnered up with you learning how to take care of yourself, I'm 100% on board with that. I have no no qualms about it. So I think in the end, yeah, it may wash over to be meaningless. It'll only show up in the history books as this like cultural conversational topic um or or it's like you know i can also be devil's advocate to that other side and be like in this cultural identity i think kids are becoming less active less healthy right more unsure of themselves more seeking therapy more getting antidepressants more being medicated and now we have this like group that isn't sleeping that isn't well fed that has no energy to do physical expression and we're going to have a huge population of our country that looks that way. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. That's, I mean, not, I just, that's an, but, excellent, uh, that's an excellent point. Um, yeah. That's an excellent point on reality. You know, I think you could break like, what does medication mean to the 13 year old um, or t- I should say 12, because for current cultural topics, that's the, that's the really iffy one, like antidepressants versus gender changing you know medication i think there's a there's a certain break to that and and the differences there is biology you know relative to their future occurrences of their self-perception and etc um and if those percentages are higher yeah i agree with you i back up and say well why is that the case where 12 year olds today versus 12 year olds in 1986 let's say uh when i was 12 um you know 
Uh, and I, I would I would land on the case of the the same thing that I talk about for you know gluten, and I use that real one real one because it's not as not as a political you know difficult conversation. But my whole point on gluten was that it's not the issue. Uh, humans are the issue, right? So everyone would want to point their finger at gluten. I'm like, <laughs> you know, you're basically arguing against the grass or a piece of grass, right? Like really think about what you're arguing against, right? Um, but no one wanted to say, well, what happened to us? You know, and my, that's my whole point is that the 12 year old in 1986, I think was significantly more resilient than the 12 year old is today. And that's the question that we should be asking. So to your point of like, uh, which I agree with looking at a future in which all these, this young generation is going to end up in that university level. And then asking these questions around physical expression, I would agree with you. They're going to have a whole decade worth of, of, I guess, just not just looking at like how to become physically resilient for that whole 10 years. Instead, it's going to be based upon largely how do you fit in with your friends, missing out, self-perception, social media adherence, like all these things that seemingly look important today, uh, but they're not. And as I say that at the same time, I'm totally empathetic, right? I, I you know. I have two young people around me all the time, so I do understand it. But anyways, thank you for um, at least investigating that one with me. So time will tell on that one. Uh, and last one uh, for today, a point of uh, was on the uh, idea of what I had mentioned earlier of what we call fitness collaboration. So what will make it possible or is it realistically happening now? that more males and females can, I called it uh, fitnessing together. We, you know, so what can we do in either conversation or what questions can we ask, Melissa, that can get more young <clears throat> males and females at 18, 22 at the university level to fitness together? Because I really think that that is part of like the story of the nine or 10 other things that I could say would really like tip over a whole bunch of things. Um, yeah. So how do we get that going? So we can finish on a high note of some positivity around fitness collaboration and, uh, and change this new generation now so that also young kids in school, when they get there, they can feel this out. And I think this one will tie into our last one is for those that are more fluid or right are not committing to like who they are in their identity. Um, Cool, we could do a lot more together. Yeah. Right? We're all yeah. collaborating That's together because there are no real differences to them, right? Yeah. Here. So um uh you know, I'd say the first start is always Yeah, like, so what you're saying there is there possibly in the future could be no hurdles to jump over already because it's like, yeah, you know, we're on an equal playing field. Yeah. You know? Um yeah. I th I think one is just from a community standpoint, like having opportunities, so more clubs, more groups that allow for it, right? It's like I think it's easier to again do to go outside in nature when it's like everyone's going on a hike on a Sunday, you know, and that's just a part of the culture of like the friendships you have. Yeah. Um, Something to use the body though, not brains, right? Cause there's a shit ton of clubs <laughs> at the university level, right? The political club. Yeah, it's not like, it's just more it's like, you know, body clubs, whatever those are called. You know? yeah. <laughs> yeah. Cause that offers that male female experience mm -hmm. together. Right. But I think it's up to people like us to say, we need to come up with ideas. We need to share ideas and say, you know, it's got to be more than, um, you know, fighting or soccer. Like it's got to be more than these, 
heightened levels of pseudo sport competition setting that's embedded to be like, oh, this is movement. You know, I think we need to come up with things. You you mentioned it earlier, and I keep going back on that. Um, things like rock climbing that I'll be doing, you know, at my gym in a half hour or so. There's there's stuff that we need to like push out that says you can do these things together. Yeah. And you, it doesn't matter, you know, how, how you show up. <laughs> it's re- regardless, right? And I think that, you know, coming up with those ideas, maybe, I know I'm jumping into even answering the question, but we got to come up with ideas. We got to come up with better ideas, something better than uh, group fitness and machines. We've got a few that are like, we have one kid that's at Northeastern and he's awesome. He's been with me since he was 12 and uh, he's finishing up an internship in the Bay Area right now, but he like doesn't have a car because in Boston you ride bikes. So he's always sending me stuff out, you know? And he's the kid that just like him and his buddies, like boys and girls, they all go and they go like on their like, you know, their weekend backpacking trips. And now it's about to be ski season. So, you know, he'll be the first one that'll ask even Josh inside the gym, like, hey, do you just want to go away for the night? And they're like, you know, Josh wants a hotel and he's like, we'll just sleep in the car, <laughs> you know? And it's cool because he's the one that's like now this like beacon of like last year he took Josh, they went snowboarding for a day and then he took him to a beaker yoga class that night and then they jumped in like the, uh, like Lake Tahoe, right? And he and he's the one that like spurred yeah. this. He was like, yeah, yeah. "Have you ever done Bikram? Like, it's gonna be great after today's like snowboarding." And took him to yoga. Right. So it's like, um, I think there are a lot of them that are just like exposed to more flu. You know, like this yeah. is a, a kid that's pretty strong and pretty masculine, but he's yeah. like going to Bikram yoga. Yeah, because it feels good after being on the snow in the yeah. snow. Yeah. So you're giving an example there of what we could use. Um, as just this uh, collaborative movement, like if we got to call it that, right? We have to call it collaborative movement. We can't call it fitness. <clears throat> we can't call it exercise sessions, right? Because that involves all this bullshit that we have to jump over of you know, like self-presentation, male, female differences, et cetera, et cetera. I think, but I think this is good because it goes back on what you and I propose to do inside of fitness and relations is to come up with these defining differences that are clear so that we can all move forward. And here's one of them that goes somewhat against that. It's is that no, we need to focus more so on just calling it consistent movement. And whether you do it alone or you do it with other people, it doesn't really matter. It's just as long as you're consistently moving. And that'll be an expression that you can like yeah. embed for time being. Um, and I think that goes into again, what we were talking about in relations. You know, it's I think if you find two people that are active, that's a shared value. So yeah. whether like, you know, yeah. your partner's doing something solo, but you have your own network and friends that you do yours with, you yeah. guys are still supporting each other because it's still a daily habit that you both do. Yeah. And value you share. Yeah. Yeah. That's, yeah. I mean, that's, that, uh, that wasn't necessarily what I, you know, what I wanted to come together with the males and females collaborating so that they can be pair bonds and like reproduce over time. <laughs> but if that, if that is the case and then, then yeah, you become exemplars for young people <clears throat> over like, Hey, my mom and dad met, you know, at Lake Tahoe when they were 19, because one liked rock climbing and the other liked hiking. They were like, Hey, let's do this thing together. And next thing you know, you're reproducing kids that look at you as like, yeah, I mean, they just move every day, right? It's just something they do together. Now you've got the world turning, right? Now, now you got things that are changing. They're not having conversations on, well, I do this fitness class and my husband does this because, you know, we're, I'm a female and he's a male and this is what we do. It's like, 
we just need to end that that whole idea um, to move forward for it. Yeah, so that's fantastic. Um, I was I we generally don't. I'm trying to think back on uh, most of our podcasts. It also uh, doesn't always get to that point of you know a let's call it a positive finishing arrow. But I think that was a good one today for that uh, the fitness collaboration you know, for males and females, um, for the future, you know, for 18 to 22 year olds who are experiencing quote unquote fitness currently or future or will, or for those who are past that point in time, who just wanted to reflect upon it. So any finishing points, uh, for today, uh, learnings or stuff that you took away, or maybe things that, uh, could lead us into some more conversation in the future. Melissa. Mm -hmm. Was it good to reflect on uh, some of those, that age group for today? It was. It was a nice change. Yep. Would you do anything different if you could go back and repeat it? Your physical expression at 18 to 22 years of age? You know, to your point again, I think this is where I stopped playing group sport. And okay. I said I got into um every semester I took a class. So that's okay. how I learned how to cool. rock climb. Yeah. You know, I, I it, Yeah. Well, you're a role model then for what we want to have for the future, right? Where, where kids just leave, they graduate high school, they have none of this like community structure built in now, and they've got to make choices, right? And so if they have to make these choices where they're like, wow, geez, you know, I can continue to learn about how to take care of myself for the rest of my life. Like, I mean, let's do it, right? Well, I always go back to, again, if you didn't, like, you know, if you always played group sport, if you played, not to bring it back to, like, every kid has to play sports, but if you do grow up playing sports, it's like, you never get the opportunity to explore fitness. Yeah. Exploration, right? Yeah. We always have these prejudgments of, like, step aerobic stupid. I loved step. It was a blast. Yeah. Right? I ended up taking, I got into, like, more liking actually doing strength and conditioning stuff because my step teacher was the strength and conditioning coach. She was a teacher. So I took, she was like, hey, take this class. So I took the class, right? Yeah. And it was like, wow, I actually really like this. So yeah. I think it's like college is an also great opportunity just to explore every kinese class out there. Yeah. Because there's no prereq. Anyone can take them. Yeah. And just take whatever your, your school offers. Yeah. Uh -huh. Man, you just blew my mind there. If, you know, just imagine the future where uh, you go into university and everyone takes kinesiology. Imagine that. And it's not like complex, you know, mathematical equations and deep physiology, physiology, anatomy dives. It's like, you know, what you and I call the basic lifestyle guidelines or it's basically OPEX. I mean, let's just say what it is. It's OPEX, right? <laughs> so we're going to have that in all university and everyone's going to graduate with this, like, you know, <clears throat> this, it's not even a piece of paper, <clears throat> but they're going to graduate with uh, physical economy principles, right? Yeah. Yeah. That's the dream. Yeah. That is the dream. Well, it possibly could happen. Um, and if it all starts with us having the conversation and asking the questions on it, then I think we're all better off. Uh, thanks for today. And recap that we we dug into a specific area of 18 to 22 year olds for males and females at the college level. We front ended it uh, with some assumptions based upon who these people are. We talked about a little bit about the future, what that could look like. We talked about some current cultural things for younger people that are going to lead into that. Uh, we did discuss some of the differences that are at play for right now. And then we ended on a positive note with, you know, what we can do in the future for this collaboration in order to move it forward. So that was a great one. Thanks again, Melissa. And uh, we'll see you and everyone else 
next time. Bye.